You're listening to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast, episode 13. Hello, hey, thanks so much for tuning in again to the Clean Water Made Easy podcast. Jerry Bolfin here. As you may know, I'm a water treatment contractor and WQA certified master water specialist. I hope you're having a nice day wherever you're listening or however you're listening. In this series of podcasts, I've been giving useful, easy to follow tips and information all about well water, well water treatment systems, and how to improve the quality of your well water. Today's episode is all about acid well water. Very common. And we're also going to talk about acid rain, if you're using rainwater, and spring water, all of which can be acidic. And private water systems, one of the most common causes of pipe and fixture corrosion is from low pH, which means acidic. It means a pH of less than seven. pH is just a scale. You can think about that it's between one and 14, seven is neutral. Also, I'm just gonna give a good overview on the different kinds of systems used to treat low pH. Actually, it's very easy to treat, which is fortunate. And how copper corrosion occurs from acid water, how to slow it down, and eliminate those blue stains. Very common, seeing blue cop stains from copper corrosion. And we also have a really good guide, a little ebook, 21 pages, called How to Treat Acid Well Water, and has pictures, diagrams, very easy to follow. So if you don't want to take a lot of notes when you're listening to this and just want to get the guide, I posted a link in the show notes if you want to get your free copy. You can get it by going to cleanwaterstore.com slash blog slash podcast. Or if you can't find it, you can just email me, jerrybullfin at cleanwaterstore.com. I spell my name with a G, G-E-R-Y-B-U-L-F-I-N and I'll get you your free copy going to you. So like I said, in this episode, we're gonna go over how copper corrosion from acid water occurs, how to slow down or eliminate copper corrosion and get rid of those blue stains. We're gonna go over the main systems used to treat low pH on residential groundwater, and that is calcite neutralizers, calcite and Corozex or Flomag blend neutralizers, upflow neutralizers, and soda ash systems. And I'll go over briefly what the differences are. Okay, well, you know, what causes acid water anyway? Well, common causes for acidic water are from rain, acid rainfall, mostly due to atmospheric carbon dioxide. You know, the CO2 levels are increasing, so it's we're seeing more more of it apparently but it comes from other airborne pollutants as well coal burning and other fossil fuel pollution and then runoff from mines that's another another way it can happen but mostly it's from the rain so pure water has a ph of seven which is neutral however natural unpolluted rainwater actually has a ph of about 5.6 so it's naturally a little acidic and the acidity of rainwater comes from the natural presence of carbon dioxide and then in some cases nitric oxide and sulfur dioxide from coal burning. So CO2 is present in the greatest concentration and therefore contributes the most to the natural acidity of rainwater. You know, it's interesting if you think about it, but the rain comes down, 
eventually gets into the groundwater and that's where we, we, we have our wells and you're pulling out the water from. But if you're in an area, which is very common, where the natural rock or the fractured rock where the where your groundwater is in is limestone or maybe it's sand or some other mineral it has a huge effect on whether that water will be acidic when you pull it out so for instance if you're if you're in an area where the water where the groundwater is sitting in limestone it's getting neutralized right there you're getting the acidic water dissolves some calcium and magnesium hardness into the water and then you have hard water but you no longer have acidic corrosive water but if you're in an area where it's granite or sand or some other mineral that isn't going to contribute a buffer a ph buffering to the water then the water is going to come out of the ground often really good quality but it's acidic so when we see this very commonly many thousands of customers actually have got neutralizers and neutralized the acidic water over the many years we've been at this a lot of times the folks have really great water in other words it's low in minerals low in salt but unfortunately because it's coming out of granite for instance the water is just really acidic and so what goes into their house if they have copper pipes then they get blue stains eventually they get pinhole leaks then they get corrosion, the water heater's ruined. And so it's fortunately very easy to fix and I'll, that's what I'm gonna talk about next. So how does it happen? What is, cop- what is corrosion and how does copper corrosion happen? Well, corrosion is actually very complicated, but you can look, think of it this way. It's just a natural process involving a chemical or electrical degrading of metals in contact with the water. So if you see like with acid water, signs would be, like I said, blue staining, you can get pinhole leaks, oh, but you might see rust staining too. Like for instance, there are some homes that still have some galvanized pipe in them. And eventually people are getting rid of that and going to copper or PEX, a pipe, PEX tubing. But a lot of times, even if they've repiped their house, you'll still have a little pipe nipple or a short section of pipe. Maybe it's near the shower or maybe it's going into the water heater and this acidic water is eating that out and you're getting rust and you wonder, gosh, why do I have rusty water? Well, my well doesn't have rust in it, but I have rust stains. Well, it can be from corrosion. So acidic water with pH in the range of less than seven is more corrosive to metals than alkaline water. That's the very simplest way to look at it. So you can also, you can have your groundwater could be acidic, but also the rainwater. If you're, if you're in an area where you're using rainwater, that can be acidic. Likely it is acidic. And then also spring water can often be acidic as well. So basically the, the acid waters, like I said, are just low in these natural buffering calcium minerals. So then what to do? Well, fortunately, it's very easy to fix. So what you can do is that the common systems we use to treat low pH are calcite neutralizers. Calcite is this white mineral, looks like white sand, and it's just natural, pure calcium carbonate. There's different grades of it, different types, but the type that we recommend is a very high purity kind that just adds natural calcium into the water. And then that works if your pH is between six and say 6.9. 
then you just want to get a regular, which is the most common pH we run into with our customers. But sometimes the pH is less than six, say it's between five and six. Then we'll use a blend of calcite in, which is calcium carbonate and magnesium oxide. So for instance, there's different brands. Some people refer to it as Crozax or Corosax, which is a clack brand, or there could be Flomag, which is the brand that we use, but they're basically the same. It's a high purity, natural magnesium oxide. And you add a little bit of that. Mostly it's calcite with a little bit of Crozax. So there's calcite neutralizers and calcite Crozex blend neutralizers, and those are backwash systems. So they backwash out. Then there's upflow neutralizers and soda ash systems. And those are the main types. So we'll talk about each one briefly and how you can figure out which is the best one to get for your water. Well, the first thing to do is to figure out what your water chemistry is. Do a simple water test and you want to know at a minimum what the pH of the water is. Again, that's a scale from one to 14. You know, um, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think lemon juice is like, has a pH of two or three. You know, in other words, if it's, if it's acid or real acidic, it has a low pH. And then if it's alkaline, would be alkaline subsidies like baking soda, that type of thing. So you want to know what your the pH of the water is, what the hardness is, what the total dissolved solids are, and the alkalinity. If you have those at least as a, at a minimum of those four things so that you can easily get test for, you can get your water taken to a lab and have it tested, or you can test yourself. It's often a good idea to at least do one pH test yourself on site because the pH can raise. So like for instance, if you take a sample of your water and you want to get tested and say you fill the sample three quarters of the way so there's some air in it, then you take it to the lab, they let it sit around for a day and then they get around to testing it, the pH will be a little bit higher because again, one of the causes of pH is dissolved carbon dioxide in the water. So the dissolved carbon dioxide creates carbonic acid. And so if you were to spray this water in a tank and let it sit around or put it in a glass, it'll naturally rise in pH. So it's very important to do at least one pH test at the site. It's easy to do. And you could also have tests by a lab, but those are the main things you want to get tested for. Then you have, a, then you can take that and you can, you can know what you're dealing with as far as what kind of neutralizer would be best for your system. So let's first talk about the calcite and Crozex blend neutralizers. Now, this is one of the most convenient ways to raise pH. These are, and the picture of it is in the guide, but if you think of it, it's like a tank. For typical homes, they're usually three to five feet tall and like 10 inches, 12 inches wide. And what it has is that these tanks are filled two thirds full of calcite and, and they have an automatic backwash control valve. So when the water flows in, it flows down through the calcite media and it's, it's instantly neutralized. So the acid water goes in coming out, it's nice neutral water. And in some cases, folks will say within a week or two, the blue stains have stopped. In other words, it can have a pretty strong effect, like pretty immediate effect on slowing down the corrosion in the pipes. So 
we usually recommend a backwash neutralizer. Now there's some controversy or people have different opinions about it, but essentially if you have a backwash type, what, what, the, what that means is that once a week, or you can set it for twice a week, it'll turn on in the middle of the night and, and it'll back it, the water under natural water pressure will backwash out. It'll lift the media up inside and flush wastewater out to drain and it'll, it'll flush out any accumulated sediment or rust that's trapped in the media. So it acts kind of kind of cool because it acts like a filter for your home too. Gets rid of a little sediment. That calcite is pretty fine, so it can trap sediment. But more importantly, what it does is when it's doing that, the minerals are grinding against each other a little bit and it's reclassifying the bed. So what that means is that it's you're 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 getting away for the 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 mineral just get kind of stirred up and then it'll dissolve a lot better over time. And so the, and I'll talk about upflow neutralizers next, but that's the main difference. A backwash neutralizer or an upflow. The upflow kinds, they flow up through the media instead of down. They don't act as filters. There's no filtering for the most part because the media is, the water's flowing up through the calcite but there's no backwash to them. So that's one way to go too. If you don't want, it's a simpler system, it's cheaper, but they can, water can channel around the media and they don't act as filters. So we found for the extra trouble involved of hooking the thing up, running a backwash line to your drain or the water's non-toxic, you could run it out into a trench or outside. Of course, it couldn't freeze. So, but anyway, there's different ways to deal with the backwash. Most people just doesn't, it's just nothing. It's non-toxic. There's nothing to it. It's just your well water. You could just flush it into your drain to the septic tank. But in any case, you have the backwash filter versus the upflow. So we generally found the backwash to work better. It's worth a little bit of extra money and time involved because over time, the media just dissolves naturally. And then Say once a year, you can unscrew the little plug up on top of the tank, turn off the water pressure to it, unscrew the plug, and all you have to do is pour more calcite in. So you can keep the this uh, neutralizer about two-thirds full of this natural white mineral that'll eliminate the pH problem. So how does it work? Well, what basically, the, as the water flows through, it slowly dissolves some calcium and magnesium. And then that's what does it. It raises the pH by adding calcium magnesium. And this usually, it depends on how hard the water is. One common question we get is, well, hey, is this going to make my water hard? I kind of like my water. It does increase the hardness of your water, but it's not by that much. And usually folks have naturally soft water. A lot of times acidic water is naturally soft water too because again in the ground there's no hardness minerals or there's less hardness minerals to dissolve into the water so the hardness levels are pretty low so when it flows through there it's harder but it's not that bad so depending on how hard the water is we usually recommend folks just try the neutralizer first try it for several months it's better anyway because it'll it'll run the, the slightly harder water through your copper pipes and stop the corrosion quicker. Then later, if you want, you could always put a water softener in to remove the calcium. And water softeners do not lower the pH and do not make the water more corrosive, so it won't hurt the corrosion of the pipes at that point. So essentially, 
the size of the system, there's different sizes that these things come in, and it's all based on how fast your water is flowing through your pipes. And there's there's only a few different sizes for most common size homes, say one or two bathrooms or three bathrooms or it's a big home. There's a couple different sizes, and the idea is that it's nice to get a size that'll you, where you could go at least a year, and you don't have to add any more mineral to it. So. We usually recommend a one and a half cubic foot or a two cubic foot, two cubic foot of the mineral, the calcite mineral that's in the tank. And so, but you can see the sizing guide, it's very easy to size them. If you're getting the backwash type, then the other thing that's important is to know how many gallons per minute, and I've talked a lot about this in the other episodes, but it's important to know how many gallons per minute is my well pump putting out, in other words, it, say it flows 10 gallons in one minute, that's 10 gallons per minute. So if you if you only have four gallons a minute, say you have a very low, uh, low producing well or for whatever reason it's producing a, a low flow rate, you wouldn't want to get a giant neutralizer because it couldn't backwash it at the right rate. So you want to get a, you want to size the neutralizer if it's a backwashing type so that it can be backwashed at the right rate. So like a pretty big one, one and a half cubic foot one, they can get by with say seven gallons a minute for backwash. So anywhere, you can look at the table too and see which the different flow rate is required for the backwash types. Okay, now we're gonna talk about upflow neutralizers. So upflows work great, like I said. The water flows in the bottom, out the top. You don't have to be so concerned about the backwash rate because they're not being backwashed. The water's just flowing through. There is a few issues with them. One of the issues is that when you add more mineral to it, you've got to be very careful when you add the mineral in the future to really flush that thing really good because it's not. It's only going to get one time when you first add it to really flush it. So you would open up a pipe, open up a hose bib or a valve downstream of the neutralizer and really flush that good. And when you first start these up, the water, the backwash comes out, or in this case, if it's an upflow, the water flowing comes out at sort of milky white. So, but what can happen is if you, if you don't flush them correctly, then the media can partially solidify, which then cuts back on your flow rate and can actually cause pressure and flow problems. So, if you're getting the backwash type, it's really convenient because then when you first put in a service, you can just run it through a couple backwashes, cleans it up, you're good to go. With neutralizer, you gotta be a little careful that you really flush that thing really well. Okay, so both backwash neutralizers and upflow neutralizers, the, the standard calcite ones, like I said, work in the range of between five and 6.9. So if your pH is seven, of course, you don't need a neutralizer. If your pH 6.9, depending on if you're getting copper corrosion or not, you don't really might not need one either. But if it's, but anyway, if your pH is between six and 6.9, we recommend the standard calcite kind, 100% calcite. Now, when the pH gets below that, between five and six, then you need to use a blend of calcite and magnesium oxide, which is another natural mineral that's adding magnesium into the water. And like I said, sold under different brands. Okay, that's basically the, the two types of neutralizers. For most people, the neutralizers is the best way to go because it's very easy. You don't have to mess with it every month. There's no chemicals you're adding. 
you can't set it and forget it because if you do set it and forget it, a couple years will go by and all of a sudden the tank is empty and you'll have to, you'll get your blue stains will come back. And actually we heard that a bunch of times over the years. Folks say, you know, I have my neutralizer in, it's working great, forgot all about it. A couple, three years went by, now I got the blue stains again. Come to find out their tank is literally empty. So it's best to add it every, check it every six months to a year and just make sure it's two thirds full. Okay, but there are some cases where neutralizers do not work well. And that's why I'm gonna talk about the next one, which is Sodash. Sodash systems work really well too. And what that is, is that if your pH is less than five, say it's four or 4.5, then you've gotta add a lot of magnesium oxide because calcite doesn't work that well at that low pH. So you've gotta use a lot of magnesium oxide get it to work and guess what your water is then hard so it adds a lot of hardness to the water and the other thing is that it doesn't really work as well we found you get in the beginning the pH is a little high and then after a while the pH drops or if you use a lot of water during the day you can get bleed through of acid water so generally if your pH is less than five we recommend a sodash feeder sodash is sodium carbonate. It's just a food grade sodium carbonate, you know, sodium bicarbonate is baking soda. So it's pretty much like baking soda and it looks like baking soda, but it's a special potable water grade, you know, NSF certified for drinking water type of uh, chemical that it's a powder and basically you mix it up with warm water and it, you pour it into a solution tank and this solution tank, which might be like say 15 to 30 gallons in size, it has on the top of it or mounted somewhere nearby, a small pump that pumps a tiny bit of this Sodash solution into your pipe whenever the well water runs. So what the simplest way to set them up is when your well pump turns on, you have the metering pump for the Sodash turn on and it injects it's usually one to 200 parts per million. So if you think, if you, if you listen to the episode on chlorination or peroxide, usually we're, we're injecting two to 10 parts per million of chlorine or peroxide. And, but with Sodash, you need a lot more because you, you can dissolve as much as you can into the water and there's tables and charts on how to do that. It's very simple, but you, for that, you need 100 to 200 parts per million. So that's a lot, a lot more. So you're injecting a lot of the solution into the water in order to get the pH to raise. But it works really well. And the thing about it is that it not only works well, but it's really easy to adjust. So with a calcite neutralizer, basically what you get is basically what it'll do. You you can't really control what the pH means, kind of based on the size of the tank. And with calcite, you're, you're pretty much going to get mostly the same pH all the time. That is between seven and eight, but it'll vary a little bit. Whereas with a sodash feeder, because you're, you're injecting it into the pipe where the water is flowing at the same rate all the time. So for instance, you, the injection point is between the uh, recommended to put it between the well and the pressure tank. For most single speed well pumps, then that water's flowing at pretty much the same rate. So if you inject the soda ash there, then 
you can really dial it in because what you can do is the metering pump is easily turn up or down. And so you can say, okay, I got my pH of seven. I want a little bit more. I want to get my pH to 7.8 or whatever. So you can adjust it and then it's easy to test the pH with either a, a good pH meter or better yet, just a simple uh, reagent where you drop reagent chemical into a little test tube and turns color. And then you can, so it's a test that you can do yourself at your site very quickly. So the soda ash system is what we recommend if your pH is less than five, or some cases, if it's very high flow rate, like say it's a farm or a business where they might have 40, 50 gallons a minute, then they'd have to get a giant calcite neutralizer. It might be a little hard to deal with, although we, we, we've, we have some folks using 10 and 15 foot calcite neutralizers on uh, in, for office buildings, some of them array like four or five, 10 cubic foot ones because they didn't want soda ash for some reason. We've also used neutralizers on oil rigs, on ships. We sold a bunch of them to different ships that need to add, have run it through a bat of calcite when they've purified the water from for drinking. But generally the soda ash is, works well if you have a high flow rate. So you have 40, 50 gallons a minute, but you do have to add the soda ash frequently. So that's the downside of it. There's two main downsides to the soda ash. One is the solution, you're gonna have to check it every couple of months and probably add more solution to it. The other thing is it's sodium carbonate. So you're injecting sodium into the water. That's the other downside to it. I mean, people, a lot of people don't care. Think about it like you're, I don't know what the recommended sodium guideline is, but something around, I don't know, is it two, 2,000 milligrams per liter a day or something? I forget. But basically, so if you think about it, if you, if you put 100 milligrams in one liter, then when you drink one liter, you know, one quart of water, you're getting an extra 100 milligrams of sodium in your diet. So some folks that are on a super sodium restricted diet, that could be a concern. It doesn't affect the taste much. So, you know, it, from we've never heard had many people complain about the taste of the soda ash. It's very, in the scheme of things, it's a very tiny amount. And so you're not seeing it much, but that's the two main things. I'd say that it might cost more too, the, the soda ash. It's similar, but it might cost a little more. But if your pH is less than five, you don't really have much choice. That's what I, if you wanna do it correctly, we recommend go with the soda ash. Okay, so the soda ash feeders work well and the calcite neutralizers work really well. It's just a matter of figuring out what you're gonna do, which type you're gonna get. And whatever kind you get, if you're dealing with copper corrosion, then the best thing to do is put your system in and then monitor the copper levels. Very easy to do, again, with a home test kit, very cheap. You can use test strips for that, for copper, and just basically monitor a first straw copper test, say every month for the first year. And what that is that when you, when water sits in the pipe overnight, you've got, the, that's when the water corrodes the pipe. If the water's running through the pipe, it's not gonna, it, you, you can start to run the water and again, the copper levels will drop. But if you let the water sit overnight, when you take a first glass of water, then you get the, increased high levels of copper. So it's a good idea to monitor it. Make sure it's going down because it's not a guarantee that the, just because you neutralize the pH of your water 
that your copper corrosion is going to completely get eliminated, but generally it does. I'd say 90% of the time, it's that's just solves the problem right off. But it's still good to know. So we recommend folks for the first year, check their copper levels periodically. Make sure there's no copper in the water. And um, also check the pH. Make sure that the pH is staying neutral. And then when the neutral, if you're getting neutralizer, when the mineral levels drop, add more of the calcite mineral to it. It's very easy to do yourself. And of course, you can also hire, find a local water treatment guy that'll do it. It's very common. And they'll come out and add the calcite for you, but it's pretty easy to do. So um, as far as the maintenance and the quality controls, those are the things we recommend. Okay, so in this episode, we went over where acid well water comes from, how it, how it occurs. We talked about calcite neutralizers and the calcite Crozex blend neutralizers, when to get an upflow versus a regular backwash downflow type neutralizer, and actual when to get a SODASH system. I didn't go into a lot about copper corrosion. There are some cases where you have copper corrosion and your water is not acidic. We get a lot of folks on uh, non-acidic like alkaline city water and well water too, where they have terrible copper corrosion and there are other causes of copper corrosion. So I'm gonna go over that in a different episode, but the first thing to do if you see copper corrosion is just do a pH test at the very minimum. If you have acid water, you can start there. That'll probably solve the problem because you need to, whatever you do, you have to fix that low pH acidic water anyway. So that's what we recommend. Okay, well, I hope that was very helpful to you. And please get your free guide by going to our website. Again, it's cleanwaterstore.com slash blog slash podcast. Or you can email me, Jerry Bullfin, G-E-R-Y-B-U-L-F-I-N at cleanwaterstore.com. Have a nice day.